Hello and welcome back to the SC Halfback Podcast. I'm your host, Matt Namoski. Welcome to the second last SC send-off. Today we are talking about the grand final. It's very unlucky not to get up in the GF. It is the Brisbane Broncos. And with the Broncos, the first fought for the 2023 season. Just fun. Just, again, similar to the Warriors. It's a fun team, but more than that, I think this is a team that looks like they're pretty set moving forward now. Really excited for their future. And I think from a super coach sense... There's quite a few guys. Um, I think the difference between this pod to the previous pods, there's obviously goods and greats from this season, but there was a sprinkling of the future. I'll mention a couple of guys as we kind of go through here that I won't mind owning in a couple of years, and especially I am doing our first dynasty draft. I think some more details coming on that one soon, but from a dynasty perspective, I think this Brisbane team looks pretty exciting. But let's get right into it, guys. Let's go into the greats. So we'll start off with the MVP. It is Reese Walsh, my man crush. He absolutely killed this year. He is a guy that before the season, we kind of said, what's his ceiling? You know, he's obviously had that season of the Warriors, um, lit it up there. And then we're like, okay, he's going to come into this Brisbane side. He's not going to goal kick. So I think that hurt his uh, preseason hype. But boy, he was the 80 overall draft position. That's a very low rank. He finished as a 79th, uh, 79 average, 18 overall for the season rank. Only played the 19 games. So if you give him those extra five games, you're looking at potentially a top five finisher overall. Uh, and as I'm kind of going through this offseason, and I'm very excited to start getting some 2024 uh, content later in the week. Reese Walsh in the overall big board, there might be some movements. He was number nine. I think I had him in the first couple of versions. Uh, just wait, because I've got a, I've got a little bit of a feeling he might be creeping up the list. Uh, but yeah, eighty overall this year, seventy nine average, absolutely killed it. You look at his, you know, his scores. He went huge. You know, he had some hundreds of one hundred and five, one hundred and one, one hundred and sixteen, one hundred and eleven. And then in the back in one hundred twenty three, one hundred and forty one, he found that extra ceiling, and that's what you want to see from your super coach guns. You know, these guys that you're looking in the first round, they obviously can turn up, but when they turn up, can they go huge and? Reese is one of those guys where he needs a lot of attacking stats to get there. But I think that that para and that Canberra game really showed you that, okay, he can go. And when you look at some of the scores, there were a couple of low scores in here, but not that many. He's a guy that he's going to always do something and try something, which leads to super coach points. So he's someone that, again, you're looking from a dynasty perspective. He's a guy that I would consider second overall. I think Cleary is obviously, he's a guy that, whether it's in regular draft, classic, and dynasty draft, he's going to be a guy that goes first. I think in all, you're going to have him in that team. But Reese Walsh, especially from a dynasty perspective, I think he's going to be there. And again, I'm not going to spoil the the big board, but it's a top six play now for Reese Walsh. And I think he's a guy that you're going to start lumping in. I think the real contest for me this year, this off season, is going to be Reese Walsh versus Kalen Ponga. I think that's a huge debate this year. Uh, if they're both on the field healthy for 24 rounds, what is happening there? I think they tie in together with Origin as well. If one plays Origin, the other one probably doesn't. So to be a real dynamic in this offseason, I think we'll do a whole pod dedicated to just that argument of Reese Walsh versus Caelan Ponga. But he is the MVP. He absolutely killed it this year. Uh, like I said, he finished the season through an average of 107. Um, it's exactly what we wanted from Reese Walsh. This step, you know, he's still so young in his career, give him more time, more decision-making and, I think, you know, Guru said the best on one of his pods, you know, um, he's a guy that will make nine errors, but he's not afraid to make the 10th, and um, most of the time it pays off. So Reese Walsh, MVP, 
an absolute draft steal this year. He was a guy that, you know, if he if you made it with him, he would have won you a comp. Uh, and yeah, I think he'd be a very, very popular option heading into next season. Two more greats to mention. I think Payne Haas and Pat Carrigan are the two guys here. Payne Haas with a 73 average, Pat Carrigan as a 67 average. Uh, both guys highly drafted. So Payne Haas with a 28 average draft position and Pat Carrigan the 37. I was really happy about Payne Haas in the fifth round of my draft comp. That won't happen again. There was, I think every season or two, there's a bit of a notion that front row forwards can't get selected. You're going to waste your pick if you go on a front row forward. Payne Haas is one of those guys where, you know, I put a tweet, I put a tweet out the other day where I said after the first news uh, Australia game against Samoa, it's more the more and more I think from a classic sense, I just want to lock in Tino and Payne in my front row and just sit with that for the rest of the season. Have some cheap guys that can you know play during those Origin and buy rounds, but to stack the front row there, I know we're going to get every week. And from a draft sense, I've got Tino as a first round and Payne Haas as a second round. So I'm very high on both of them. I think they can do it, but Payne Haas, just consistent. You look at him this season, um, a 79, uh, sorry, uh, a like I said, a, uh, where has he gone here? The app's gone a bit haywire. Yeah, Payne Haas, here he is. Uh, he had a 73.5 average, no tons, uh, which I think makes it even more impressive couple of 90s, couple of 80s, but always just sitting around that 60s a floor. And I think if that you can just lock that in every weekend, you know, if you have a guy you're versing in draft and his captain goes absolutely pus and you just need to get, give me, you know, uh, 130 to, you know, just get a nice, comfortable score in. Payne Haas is one of the premier guys for that. Pat Carrigan, another guy that, you know, I think oh, people are going to be scared of him this season and go, you know, it's not replicable. You look at his previous years. Yeah, I had a 62 average last year, the year before 52. This year, obviously, with a 67. A couple of big scores. He did turn up in two games, 102 and 125. There was also a 97 in there as well. They are combinated with, obviously, he's broken his try-scoring drought. But I just think, whether they are going to play him at lock or play him a bit on the edge like they did and push him out a bit wider, he's got that late footwork. He's got the ball skill. I just think he's going to be one of these guys. I've got him at 30 overall on the draft board right now. Um... And again, he's someone that I could see myself. Once I do the research of how I think the teams will finish next year and where their attacks are going to come from their lineup. So I just think that Carrigan is going to be another guy that, you know, into the third round where you're just kind of going, okay, I've taken my two guns. Give me just that absolute safest house's options. I think Pat Carrigan is absolutely a star in one of those. Let's go to the good. Obviously in the good, there's going to be a lot of guys here that, um, you know, did the job for you. Uh, you look at a guy like Adam Reynolds, a 65 average. Herbie Farnworth, a 62 average. Cobbo with a 59 average. I think those are the main guys that stand out there. Uh, but I will shout out two guys into the future. So uh, Dean Mariner with a 69 average from four games and Tristan Saylor with a 69 average from four games. These are two guys that you can just look. They have the look of a supercoach gun in them. And I think... You're going to have a look at that that spot that Herbie Farnworth is going to leave. I'd be stunned if it's not DeMarin starting in that position. Whether they can jig the, the back line, obviously Corey Oates has re-signed. He's got Jesse Arthur's who played the game of his life in the grand final. But to me, Katoni Staggs and DeMarin in the centre just sounds very, very appealing to me. I think that Staggs will get overdrafted on his name. And he had a great season. He's in that good category as well. But for me, DeMarin looks like the guy that just can sniff the try line. And I think... In an outside back, you know, I don't think he's going to go very high at all. He will probably be your fourth CTW that you draft. 
Um, I'm very, very comfortable running with D Mariner if he gets that starting spot. I, I could even probably go to my third uh, CTW on him just because I think you saw what Herbie did this year. I think Reese Walsh loves swinging in that early ball out there. Adam Reynolds knows where to put the ball, and uh, Ezra Mam's going to jump into his role as well. So I think Mariner's a great play there. And then Tristan Saylor. I just think that with Tristan Saylor, whether it's Walsh, whether it is Reynolds, or whether it is Mam, I think you know, any time one of those guys go down, I think you're going to see Tristan come in here. He's just a guy. I just don't know why a team haven't offered him big coin yet. You know, I think of a team like the Canberra Raiders, who, you know, you want to replace Jack White or even you want to find that fullback if you don't think Chevy Stewart is ready. To me, Tristan Saylor is that guy you saw. He he has the knack of a great footballer. And, you know, he scores uh, this season. Yeah, there was a couple of a 48 and a 70, sandwich between a 34, but the 123 against Melbourne absolutely put that team on his back um, and really try to drag them to a win there. So I think those are the two guys there where I look and go, okay, from a dynasty play, I really like them. And then, like I said, they're going to be guys either very late in the draft and in Sailor's case, probably not drafted, where a great matchup play, uh, especially if there's an injury or suspension there. I did mention a couple of guys there. So A-Ray, um, you know, Savers House is in the halves. You know, he's that guy going to be the eighth or ninth halfback selected off the board. You're happy with that every time. Herbie going to the Dolphins this year. Uh, we'll talk more about that, obviously, in a future pod, but I love what he did this season. He's turning into, obviously, from a super coach, we love those centers that don't pass the ball and just take the runs and go for those tries. And he is absolutely great, a quality on that. And then Solon Cobo, he's a guy that, you know, we all love to chuck in our ATSs, but he is a guy in super coach. Give him a sniff of the trial line, he'll put it down, and you're looking at a 30 every time he does that. So I think those three guys were really, really good. You know, on the lower end of the goods, just rattle off a couple of names here. Kirk Cable, Jordan Ricky in the second row, 53 and a 48 average, uh, respectively. Katoni Sags with a 52. Had a really good season, Katoni. You know, I think that floor got a bit better. The ceilings obviously wasn't there as to previous years, but I just think that he's a guy that in this Bronco system, he will get drafted. They'll probably People will probably draft him as the second or third CTW. I think that's okay. And there's always a time in a classic season where he drops a bit of coin, gets to around that 400K, and everyone goes, all right. It's Katoni time, and you have a nice little couple of week ride with him. Ezra Mam is a guy I want to touch on here. Uh, obviously, by 52 averages this year, played the 22 games. Uh, he was the 11th 5'8 overall. I've said all offseason, I'll keep preaching it. 5'8 is pus next year. You look at the guys that are losing their jewels. You look at the guys in positions where, you know, are we looking at a Cody Walker, a, um, a Dylan Brown, a Cam Munster, and a Tom Deed, and that's probably the top four with a Burton sneaky in there at five. Right after that, I think Ezra Mann probably falls into that number six and probably maybe even higher. I think he he's a poor play is getting better. I think what you saw in that grand final, he's a guy that once he starts really taking the line on and when the rest of the field is kind of spread with, you know, Carrigan Paul playing through the middle, Billy Walters evolving that number nine, I think Ezra Mann's going to really explode next year. And I think he's someone who I'm going to have to seriously look at this offseason of where I put him on the big board because um, I don't have him anywhere in the top five rounds right now. Uh, I'm starting to construct round six. He's definitely on the short list there, but I just think that he is someone who could turn into a very nice deal. If he can bump up that average into the 57, 58, 59 range, uh, which I think is very, very uh, possible. I think he's going to take on a bit more responsibility this year. And yeah, I think that performance, an all-timer, um, you know, you think of, you know, when Jack Wyden won the Clive Churchill in that losing team, 
Ezra Mam in that 10 minute stretch. You know, we were talking about that 15 minutes that Cleary put on at the end. That 10 minute stretch that Ezra Mam put on um, is right up there in order and folk, in grand final folklore as well. So, someone I am very looking forward to potentially owning next year is Ezra Mam because he's going to start at a very nice price point in classic. He's going to start around that 500K mark, which I think some of the other options in that position are very on a price for the start of the season. And I think Ezra, like I said, He's just going to sit around that 50, potentially move up into that 55, 57 range. And in a good knock, could probably get into the 60s as that. So is there maybe someone looking forward to? Looking into if there's any fails, I think, you know, Corey Oates, a couple of injuries. Only played the nine games for a 44 average this year. Billy Walters played 23 games, only a 42. But I think, like I said, that is looking very good into next year. Brendan Piacora started really strong when he got that starting role, went back to the bench, only got the 41 there. Uh, but yeah, for me... The guy I'm really looking forward to next year is a guy like Jesse Arthurs. He played 17 games, a 36 average. Um, but I think he's a guy that once he can nail down that spot, and that is his spot moving forward, you might see the ball come a bit more out that way. He's going to be very low in pre-drafts. He might be the perfect number four option. Um, if you're, you know, in a deep, you know, 10, 12, 14 man league, I really like the look of Jesse Arthurs, especially what he did uh, in that grand final. So. Yeah, tremendous options there. 2024 Hope, what do we think this Broncos team is going to do next year? I've got them right now. Again, it's rough draft. Got to go through all the starting lineups and, you know, look at best case, worst case. I've got them third right now, um, second, third in that range. I, I can't see them dropping out of the top four. Um, they've got, you know, they're obviously losing uh, Farnworth and Flegler. They're getting a guy like Fletcher Baker, who I do like to replace in that role of Flegler. And like I said, I think Dean Mariner um, is a budding, budding superstar who can take over Herbie's role. I think that that grand final loss is going to spur them on. This isn't going to be one of those grand final hangover teams. Too young, too exciting, too much experience in the key positions. And, you know, as much as I bagged on him earlier, I think Kevy is a good coach. So from a super coach perspective, all to play for here, I think Walsh, Haas, Carrigan, great, great options. You look at a guy like Mariner, Cobbo, Stags, Ezra Mam, definitely. I think Jordan Ricky, you know, I think there is going to be a season where he does a huge jump. I just, he's got that look of a great uh, super coach back row to me. Obviously, a 48 average this year. Last year, a 48 average. The season before, a 51 average. So he's always around that 48 to 51 range. There's going to be a season where it just jumps to a 57, 58, 59, and we're going, oh, what the hell happened there? So I don't mind Jordan Ricky again as one of those. This is a this is a team if you can't get the the main guys in this team, similar to the Panthers we'll talk about in the next podcast. If you can't get those big guys in round one, two, and three, it's a it's a team that you can get in seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. Grab some of those guys, like I said, a Mariner, a Ricky, um, you know, potentially a Fletcher Baker if you can lock down the starting row and get maybe a 45 to a 52 in that starting front row spot. But to me, there's four guys I really want to own next year, if I can. I want to own Reese Walsh, Payne Haas, Pat Carrigan, and I think the more and more I talk about it, Ezra Mam in that 5A position is just becoming too enticing for me. I think what he offers, his ball-playing skills is going to get better. His running game is already elite. His vision, his instincts, he's one of those guys, and I just, it's going to be so hard as I build this big board, I just can't get that 10 minutes out of my head. The way he was slicing and dicing. Nathan Cleary, one of the best defenders in the comp, leaving him in the dust. 
I just think that that Ezra Man and Maurice Walsh, if they're both at the club, signed a long-term deals behind Carrigan and Haas, it's going to be very hard to ignore. This is going to be one of the great stack teams. I think if you can get a Reese Walsh in round one with an Ezra Man in round six, if you can get a Reese Walsh in round one with Pat Carrigan in round three, or, you know, doubling up one of those outside backs, whether it's Cobbo, whether it's Stags, I just feel like you're, not, you're going to want to own maybe two to three Brisbane uh, plays if you get in early on them. So very, very high on them. I own quite a few of them this year. It was very, very fun. Uh, but yeah, again, one of the teams I really am looking forward to into next season. Well, we'll leave it there, guys. We're down to the last team. So this has obviously been every second day we try to put a podcast out, going through and wrapping up the season. Obviously, a lot of people are in the off-season now, but you know it's good to just look back quickly have a look. This can be a point of reference as we're starting into next year. Uh, on the social, they have got the uh, the review cards where I put the some of the key uh, stats, which is going to really help me as well for getting that pre-draft period, uh, getting the big board numbers out there, and obviously some questions and some thought bubbles. You know, it's good to kind of get those thoughts out there now just to see, you know, is it something I thought in October still the same as I thought in February? If it is, it probably means my gut, my gut's on it. So going to back it in this year again. One of the things I'm going to learn, and we'll get another podcast out after this series is done, about what are the things we learn we want to take into next year. For me, an oversaturation of um, content. It's great, so many content providers, but I think when you kind of get into that draft phase or picking your classic team at the start, just go with your gut. So I'm just going to you know document all these things leading up to that point. And then we'll obviously go line in the sand. Do you still agree with it? Yes or no? And back our way. You know, I think it's going to be the best way to climb up those rankings at Classic and put a really good draft in to set us up for the draft season. But we will leave it there, guys. Please get to the socials at the SC Heartback. Wherever you get your socials, it's going to be all the content running through every day. And again, we will try and keep going with pods every second day throughout the offseason because uh, plenty and plenty of thoughts coming up. So leave it there. Thanks for listening, guys. Have a great day, and I will hear from you soon. Cheers.